0: Welcome to Dear Nina, Conversations About Friendship. I have a beloved and consistent, well, not really consistent because it's probably been about a year, guest today, and that is my mom, Kathy Sackheim. Welcome, mom. Welcome to me. Thank you. I tend to not record with my mom unless she's in town visiting because I don't have a lot of faith in her sound situation at home and the phone rings and the clocks go and I can't really control the situation there. I can control the situation here in town in Minneapolis in my little studio. (laughs)
1: Doesn't that sound like me, mom? It sounds exactly (laughs) like you.
0: Because I have you here close to the Jewish holidays, there's some things I want to talk about that I think relate to friendship and relate to everybody, whether you are Jewish or not, because I know I have a lot of non-Jewish listeners. And one of the things I appreciate about the fall Jewish holidays, which are Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so it's the Jewish New Year and the Day of Atonement, which are both really important holidays for us, is that the lessons from them, the things we think about can be appreciated by all people, just like we can appreciate things about other people's holidays. A major focus in this month of Elul, E-L-U-L, is to be thinking about ways we want to be different in the next year. And that includes asking forgiveness for things we've done that might have hurt other people. And a lot of people assume that that happens on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, which this year is September 25th. We are on a lunar calendar, so it changes all the time but that actually is not correct. It's actually the entire month of Ulul, is when you are supposed to begin the process of asking for forgiveness. Did you know that, Mom? No, I didn't know that. Okay, so you learned something here with your daughter. My mom begot a very Jewy daughter, <laughs> right? My, I mean, we're equally Jewish. No one's more Jewish than the next. I'm just extra. More, more religious. Extra into it. Yeah. yeah. It's very important that everyone. know there's really no such thing as being like more Jewish. We don't use that expression. You might say more religious, you might say more observant of the laws. But I grew up in your house where it was obviously really important in our house. And it's important to me. Before you can ask people for forgiveness, you have to think about people you might have hurt. And that means intentionally and unintentionally. We should think about what are ways that we could hurt our friends, let's start with unintentionally, because I actually think a lot of hurts are unintentional.
1: Well, when your life changes for one reason or another, having lost your dad, I've had to start some new relationships. And then how do you deal with the old relationships when you're wanting to spend time with newer friends and an older friend is asking you to do something and where you always used to do it, then want to be with a new person too it becomes a problem.
0: Yeah, so that would be an example of an unintentional hurt. And I guess it could turn intentional if you never do anything to acknowledge that the other person is probably missing you.
1: I don't know how to address it. I'm just saying it's a problem. I don't know exactly what to say to make it better. This is just
0: one example, but maybe just acknowledging when you know somebody is likely feeling a certain way, maybe they've dropped hints. But also I think we sometimes run the danger of assuming we know how other people feel. We don't always know. So I'm not sure that I would go up to a friend and say, hey, I have a feeling that you're thinking X, Y, and Z, and therefore I want to apologize or acknowledge that you're feeling this way if they haven't said it. So I think that speaks to how important it is to communicate with our friends. But I mean, you're often someone who advocates, and, and I agree with you, picking your battles. And so it's possible that you have a friend who has decided not to pick this battle, so hasn't communicated with you, but is maybe thinking about it and acting differently.
1: Right. I suppose you can say, have I done something to hurt you? I've noticed a change in behavior.
0: I like that. That gives an opportunity. And if the person doesn't take you up on that opportunity, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Right. What are some other unintentional things we might do to hurt other people? I can think of one that has to do with modern technology. It's a real issue. And that would be ignoring somebody's text or email.
1: Okay, that's a whole generational thing.
0: It's actually not that different than a phone call. If you left a friend a message on their answering machine, my mom still has an answering machine on her home phone and uses it. I like leave messages for you on your answering machine and you get them, right? Right. Do your friends have answering machines still? Mostly they do. So let's say you left a couple messages for a friend on her answering machine and she never got back to you. Would you be a little miffed?
1: I would assume that something's wrong.
0: What if it was a repeated behavior? Like it wasn't just... Because that's a fair assumption. I think that speaks well of you and your friendships that most of your friends wouldn't just ignore your messages. If they didn't return your message a couple times in a row, something probably is wrong. Have you ever had a friend, and I'm thinking in your 40s, 50s, who just repeatedly ignored your messages or eventually would get back to you, but already the date has passed since you were maybe trying to get tickets for a show or something like that? Or did your friends not really flake out like that?
1: I don't remember experiencing that. I remember my mother complaining about someone who didn't return two phone calls and saying to my mother, "Mom, maybe something's wrong. If you want to speak to her, keep calling till you reach her." Um uh, that's not really about forgiveness. It's
0: well, it's a, it's related because you don't always have to get to the level of forgiveness if you can assume the best in the first place. Sometimes There's so much assumption that goes back and forth. And then therefore we act accordingly. Like you act a little put out by a friend and then you sense the friend's put out by something and you're kind of like, well, I didn't even do anything. And so then you get irritated and now there's tension. If you could skip all that, you don't even need to get to the point of asking for forgiveness. I do think you tend to assume the best. And I really try to. You do a better job than I do, but I try because I think it's important.
1: I think so too. And if you sense that some behavior has changed as we just discussed a few minutes ago, I suppose you can try to say, have I done something to hurt you?
0: And what is a common phrase, I don't know the Hebrew for it, but in English, I mean, I hear you. Know, my more religious friends often say that throughout this month, and, and especially closer to Yom Kippur, if there's something I have done intentionally or unintentionally to hurt you, I hope you'll accept my apology, or they'll even go as far as to say, I hope you will tell me. So I have the chance to apologize. That's actually more powerful because a blanket, will you accept my apology, I think can be a little meaningless. I've seen some people say, I've even seen people write this on Facebook, will you allow me the chance to explain and ask for your forgiveness? That's different. I think that's what you're looking for is like a chance to hear what you might be upset about so I can then answer for it.
1: When I had my store for 13 years and I had an unhappy customer, I was given the advice of asking the customer, the customer says, I'm unhappy, it's all right, the person's already saying what they're unhappy about, is not offering to do X, Y, or Z, but to say to the customer, what can I do to make the situation better? What can I do that would please you? Which I guess is a variation on the theme.
0: Yeah, and that tended to work? Well,
1: what the advice that I was given is oftentimes what you're willing to do is so much more than the customer is expecting or wants So I suppose we can change that to a friendship situation where if you ask what you can do, the friend will be uh, honest about it. Maybe it'll be much simpler than coming up with something more complicated.
0: Yeah. Another thing I appreciate about a holiday that comes every year and forces us to think about the things we might have done to hurt other people is I think it breeds whatever the opposite of a victim mindset is. Because we're not just walking around Well, we shouldn't be, just walking around saying, who owes me an apology? It takes work to actually think through who might be waiting for an apology from me, which if you think about it, I think already forces you to be a better friend or partner, colleague, everything, daughter, mother, sister, all those things. Because the kind of person who's walking around keeping track of who might owe them an apology, I think is probably someone who's harder to get along with and I like this forcing of like who might be waiting for an apology from me and the reason we don't just do it in one day is because we've lived since the last Yom Kippur 364 days or something who could think of all that in one day it really takes some thought you have to kind of think about your year because we all make mistakes
1: I agree you know the story of the one time I broke up with a friend who in essence I said to her, I feel like I never come through for you. And then she had a list.
0: (laughs) All the things. She she was like, as a matter of fact, let me get out this parchment.
1: She did. She had a list of many, many things that I
0: hadn't done and hadn't come through for her. What kind of examples? I'm curious.
1: One thing she said, she had been in the hospital and she said, and you didn't come to sit with my husband. At the time, I had young children and I don't know that her husband would have wanted me to sit waiting for her to be finished with surgery. It would be different than when you have grown up teenage children and you're free to do that. And I have done that. That was just one thing. But she had a whole list. And at that point, it wasn't a thing that could be forgiven. It was a whole person. And I ended up ending the friendship.
0: She couldn't forgive you or you couldn't forgive her?
1: She was somebody who was very needy. And I knew that I had children and a husband. I I couldn't be there catering to her every whim.
0: Well, I think what you might have sensed in her is that she was holding a grudge and she was forever going to hold a grudge. Like you said, it's for you, it was kind of who she was as a person. It's almost like the opposite was true as well. She had decided, well, Kathy's not the kind of person who's going to drop everything at every moment. And she was right. and She, she was right. Yeah, and it's best to know that about each other. I think grudges are connected to this holiday as well. I'm going to read a couple quotes from Maggie Smith, not the actress, but the poet and writer. And she's written a book called Keep Moving, which is really just a bunch of quotes that I love. And then she had a memoir out recently, which the name is escaping me. So I'll have it in the show notes. But anyway, this is from her book, Keep Moving. So one quote says, maybe we say holding a grudge because that kind of resentment is a heavy thing you have to wrap your arms around to carry. Holding it weighs you down, not the other person. Set it down anytime, right now, for instance, keep moving. So all these quotes end with keep moving and they're very motivating. A little later, she writes, expect that what you tend to will grow. Expect that what you feed with your care and attention, what you shine your light on will thrive. Choose wisely, keep moving. Do you see the connection here?
1: I do. Well, you've heard this before, that people say that holding a grudge weighs you down. It's not affecting the other person. So that's how forgiveness is tied into grudge holding, that if you can forgive somebody and keep moving, it's much better for you psychologically.
0: I once wrote an article for, I think it was Kaveller. it might have been the Jewish Daily Forward, it was a while ago now. It was about what you do when you are the person waiting for an apology that never comes. And it had to do with this time of year. I interviewed a reform rabbi, a I think I did a conservative rabbi too, and I did an orthodox rabbi, and I asked them all the same question, which was, what do you do when you've made all the apologies that you feel are owed to other people in your life, but still we're all human, and while it's ideal to not be walking around thinking like, who owes me an apology, sometimes we can't help it. So what do you do when there's these people out there who were pretty rude or did something over the year that really they should apologize for? And you're just kind of waiting for this apology. And they basically all said, you are not required to forgive them, but you should. Essentially, in different words, different ways. And it didn't matter what their Jewish background was. That was basically the answer, because I don't think you need to be a rabbi to realize that you are, like you said, only harming yourself when you carry around this anger. But they did all say, too, that doesn't mean you have to be close to the person.
1: I was just going to say that. Thank you. Recognize this person. The relationship isn't working for me. I need to stay away. So uh,
0: you can forgive without reconnecting, necessarily.
1: Yes, you can. You can end the connection.
0: It's hard to do. You know, it's interesting because of our different ages and just my involvement in social media that, I mean, you you don't really have. And most of your friends don't have. I mean, I know you're on Facebook, but that's different than being involved in it. You can be on it without being super involved. And I'm definitely involved. So when you're not as close with somebody, there is an awkwardness when you are still pretty connected online. It's like hard to disconnect. Is that an issue at all in your age? I don't think so. I guess I'm not that connected. That's probably a better way to be. But gosh, it just kind of is what it is now.
1: I was having lunch with a friend and a friend of hers, and I was telling them about your podcast, and it was about friendship. The other person who's not my friend was saying she, a friend she had had for 12 years dropped her because she had given the son a wedding gift, and the store went out of business. They couldn't return the gift, and the mother of the son just stopped speaking to her for no reason. And then maybe 12 years later, called her. This other person said to the person who made the call, why are you calling me now? Why did you stop speaking to me? She was told, well, it was about this gift and I felt you were dishonoring me by giving. I mean, it was such a crazy thing.
0: Listeners, you cannot see this, but my mouth has dropped open (laughs) at the level of pettiness.
1: Yeah, the friend who had sent the wedding gift said, well, why didn't you call me? I would have sent him a check. I would have taken the gift back. Why didn't you say something to me? I think she opted not to reconnect
0: the friendship because yeah, stay far away.
1: I was just appalled. That, by, yeah,
0: that's the story. That's the right reaction. I'm sort of glad. I'm glad you shared that. I think that's a good example of when you know someone else is walking around carrying a grudge. Yes, it weighs them down, but if they're like willing to walk around for twelve years being weighed down by something like that, it's like yeah, I don't really want to be friends with you. That's petty. I mean, it was so stupid. (laughs) Look at us. We've never really been this judgmental on the show. But I mean, that's, that deserves our judgment.
1: Yeah. So this was all because I mentioned your podcast, (laughs) and it managed to uh, bring up this memory. She didn't know me that well. And here I heard this story. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because it obviously bothered her, even though she's not going to be connected to this person, like to be on the receiving end of being dropped over something like that is something that would be hard to forget. At the time, did she suspect? No, I had like, no she idea. She really was like a big mystery. Big mystery. Did they have mutual friends? I don't know that much of the story. Like, I may need some follow up. <laughs> I need <laughs> give me her number. I'm going to obsess about this story. This is one of those stories that is going to get to me. I mean, mom, I get letters from people who are so mad at their friends. And maybe they're waiting for an apology. Sometimes I get letters, and they're usually anonymous, so I can't respond, which is probably for the best. And I just kind of want to say, is there anything your friend could do to even stay in your good graces? You know, there's like some people you can't really please.
1: Well, we've had this discussion in previous podcasts.
0: If you want to
1: have friends, you have to be willing to overlook a whole lot of things, like someone's basic personality sometimes. Well, that's maybe
0: a lot to ask. like Maybe you shouldn't be friends with someone if you have to overlook their entire personality.
1: Sometimes a person can behave one way, but is a really good friend. So maybe they have an attitude that you sort of get annoyed by. But in other instances, that person's a really good, caring friend.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I actually have said many times on this podcast, but for someone new, it's good to hear that Kind of like your friend was irritated with you for not like showing up at the hospital. I'm going to be the friend that is never going to be the first to offer a ride to the airport. Like you've heard me say that before,
1: right? And I'm not going to be the friend who offers to make a main course for a dinner party. I'll bring brownies or lemon slices, something I make, but I don't expect to do the main catering for somebody else's dinner party.
0: did people ask people to bring main dishes?
1: It was the same friend who was <laughs> mad at me for not going to the
0: hospital. No, that's so funny. I've never heard you tell that part of the story. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, I'll bring an appetizer. I'll happily bring drinks. I'll bring dessert, not bringing the main dish. If I'm gonna bring the main dish, I'm just gonna have the party. Exactly. That's silly. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm actually curious growing up, did your family have any kind of tradition around, was there any talk of forgiveness around the holidays? Was there any discussion of that?
1: Absolutely not. No discussion whatsoever.
0: I can't remember if we did growing up. I will say that Brian prints out a list of sort of like deep questions that he's answering about his life at the beginning of the month. It's not just about forgiveness stuff that kind of comes later. At the beginning of the month, it's really more, you know, what are things that I want in my life? What am I doing to achieve those things? Not in a December 31st new year kind of way. It's deeper than that. It's not like goals. It's more like spiritual, you know, emotional kind of thing. So my kids are growing up in an atmosphere and he's constantly talking about it. He goes to each kid and says, how have I been as a dad? Are there things you'd like to see different? What can I work on? And he really does this every year. Do they tell him? Yeah, they tell him. And I do it to a lesser degree. The problem is he always gets to everything first. And I feel like if I come around and do it, I'm just sort of copying Brian. But I, in my own way, will do it. And I'll ask their forgiveness for things I might have done that hurt their feelings. And we kind of make them do it to each other.
1: (laughs) It's like a whole thing. I can't imagine this happening in the house I grew up in. It was another generation ago where parents were always right. And you always deferred to your parents.
0: Well, I mean, we know we're not always right. The kids aren't always right, obviously, either. There's things that we feel we could have done better because we're the adults. There's times we lost our temper where it wasn't the kid's fault. We're the adults. We should be able to control ourselves more. So it's like we owe them an apology for that, even though they're kids and we're in charge. When you are the adult, you have the burden of acting like the adult. And so if you haven't, then you owe that kid an apology, probably.
1: That's really important. There are people my age, who've been in therapy for a gazillion years who are still waiting for any apology from a parent who's long gone.
0: Yeah, well, right. That's tough. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect at all. And I'm not saying my kids couldn't benefit from many years of therapy where they're going to be upset with us one day. But I will say that the holiday, the month of holiday, really does help frame that. Any other thoughts, Mom, on forgiveness, the importance of asking for forgiveness? It's something I don't think about
1: very much, but one can always learn from one's children. Oh, nice. And I will take this under consideration. Whether you should ask people for forgiveness? Yeah.
0: I can tell you right now that you do not owe me an apology for anything. You really don't.
1: Well, that's nice to hear.
0: And it's a year-by-year basis. I'm not saying like, you know, years ago maybe. (laughs) But this past year, I cannot think of a single thing. Do I owe you an apology? Is really what I should be thinking about.
1: No, I can't think of anything you need to apologize for.
0: Okay. All right. That's good. If you, you know, change your mind, you can send me a text or I can call back on your answering machine. Listeners, if you have not heard my mom on the podcast before, you might enjoy going all the way back to episode one. She was my very first guest. We talked about friends who will only text and not pick up the phone. And I also taught her how to use emojis live on the podcast. And it was really fun. And we have a picture of it. All right, mom, wishing you Shana Tova, which is a happy new year. I wish we could celebrate together. You're never here for the holiday. I'm rarely in Chicago for the holiday. I don't think you would like how intense it is here.
1: I probably wouldn't. I wish you Lishanatova as well.
0: All right. Listeners, I'd love to have my mom back again. She has to visit me more, but we might teach her how to do it remotely so we could have her on more. And you know I'm going to say, if you've heard this show before, you should come back next week when our friendships are going well. We are happier all around. Thanks.